there, folks, and welcome or welcome back to Nippon Trading International's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima, again, and this podcast is brought to you, among others, by Emil Gorgis of realestate.jp. He's a Tokyo real estate agent who specializes in serving international or mixed nationality families who are looking for the perfect family home. So Emil's an Australian. He's been living here in Japan for over two decades now. And for about half of that time, he's been buying, selling and managing real estate properties in Tokyo on behalf of his own family and a great many happy clients. And he also acts as a mortgage broker on behalf of his clients. So he's got dedicated loan officers in many of the Japanese mega banks. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you probably already know him from our JREP, the Japan Real Estate Experts Panel Sessions, which means that you're already aware of the fact that the man is an absolute fountain of wisdom on all things related to real estate in Japan, and in particular to family homes, the greater Tokyo metropolitan area, and mortgages. And most importantly, he's incredibly generous with his time and advice, which he's more than happy to provide at no cost or commitment to anyone asking. So if you've been thinking about buying your home in Tokyo, but you've been sitting on the fence for a while, or you just want to have a chat in English with a real expert, drop him a line on sales at realestate.jp. Hit him up today and start exploring your options. All right, now a quick ask before we dive right into today's episode. My other company, Nippon Bridge, has recently been engaged by a new client who's in the market for a Japanese business to purchase. He's a senior marketer with many years of experience in the field, loves Japan, and he's now in the market for a Japanese company to purchase. A small company, the budget for the purchase is about $200,000 US dollars, give or take, but a profitable one. And most importantly, um, one that has an actual physical product that has at least a small local following and the potential to expand that clientele domestically initially and then eventually internationally with the right strategy. So ideally, this would be a small mom and pop type shop that sells anything that's uniquely Japanese and not too well known overseas. So think uh, shochu over nihonshu, uh, yukata over kimono, that kind of thing. And maybe a business with succession issues where the owners want to retire but don't really have anyone to hand the family business over to or any similar scenario. So if you know of any business like that, feel free to contact us at info at nipponbridge.com or just leave us a comment in the comment section wherever you found this episode. Again, the main factor here is having a uniquely Japanese product that can be marketed overseas. Now, speaking about uh, unique Japanese products that can be marketed overseas, we've got a super special episode lined up for you today, especially for those among you who have an interest in Akia, which is a lot of you, or just generally in uh, family or holiday homes in Japan. Um, and you've been having a hard time, as most of us do, trying to sift through the endless, vastly inconsistent listings websites in Japanese that are out there. Two of our clients who have recently purchased an Akia property themselves have put their heads together and come up with a truly remarkable project called Akia Mart. It's an English online platform that does most of the legwork for you by searching, collating, translating, and presenting Japanese property listings in a simple map-based format, the kind you're probably used to if you've been using Zillow, Redfin, or any of the other uh, counterparts in other countries amazing initiative. It's already gaining some serious traction all around the world. They've just been featured on Business Insider. They're absolutely killing it within only a couple of months from launch, and it all started in their school days, apparently. 
Enjoy the conversation with this very cool duo. I know I certainly did, and I'll see you again on the other side. Okay, cool. So I'm very happy to have the two of you on the podcast. We've got, um, you're definitely not our biggest customer. I mean, Akia by nature are not like really expensive, but you're definitely one of our coolest customers. So I really wanted to um, um, bring you on and to first of all, talk a little bit about your um, own personal Akia purchasing experience um, and then get into that very, very, very exciting initiative that you've um, that you've founded recently. So um, please introduce yourselves. Who are you? Cool. Well, hey, thanks for having us, Siv. We're a big follower of the podcast, so it's been a, a goal of ours to get on here. So thank you for having us, and thank you for facilitating our purchase. Uh, just to start out intro-wise, my name is Take Kurosawa. Uh, I went to school and met Joey in college, where I studied abroad in Tokyo. Uh, for me, I'm born and raised in the Bay Area. I'm a licensed California real estate agent, and I've been in Hawaii for the past couple of years as well, doing Airbnb investments. And uh, most recently, yeah, Joey will probably fill it in more, but we But wait, you said you studied abroad, but you're a Kurosawa. So there's definitely a Japanese connection there, right? There's. My dad is Japanese. My mom's Chinese. But uh, funny enough, Joey's Japanese is a hell of a lot better than mine. Uh, <laughs> I'm born up as Japanese American. So can read and write, understand the culture, but I'm not fluent. The Japanese is fine. Thanks, Joey. Um, uh, I'm my name is Joey Sockermans, a good friend of Take's. Uh, like you said, we studied uh, together in college at ICU in Mitaka. Uh, I'm a software engineer, and uh, me and Take both, uh, yeah, found ourselves out of a job uh, this past year. And uh, the first thing we did was buy an Akia in Japan. So uh, uh, kind of with our savings. So, uh, so I guess you two are like the definition of prop tech, right? Like we've got a real estate agent and a software engineer. Yeah, my background is also in tech too. So well, that that's us, Silicon yeah. Valley. Dream team. There we go. <laughs> so how, how did the um, Akia dream come about? I mean, I get the Japan connection, but why Akia? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it started, me and Joey have done a couple crazy trips throughout the past couple of years, but this most recent one, we went to Montenegro where my girlfriend is. Uh, during that time, she had actually bought, I guess, an equivalent of a cheap property in Montenegro for about 40K. Uh, so during that time, I, I usually task Joey when we do these kind of like missions to fix things up. So Joey is my electrician and handyman. Oh, you do. Uh, so I did get... not know that you do that. Okay. Yeah. I would so... say hobbyist electrician enough, <laughs> yeah, enough good, to be good. safe. Not enough to be dangerous, enough to be safe. Good enough for Montenegro. <laughs> but um, yeah, we were both both unemployed. We were together just hanging out. Um, my girlfriend, unfortunately, had to work. So we had some bro time to brainstorm. We saw Cheap Houses Japan Instagram posts. We we're like, ah, we got to just let's go for it. You know, when the stars are never going to align, we're both unemployed. Um, we have a little bit of capital to spend on uh, Akia. So we kind of made a commitment then and there just to be like, let's just punch it out. Let's do it. You know, there's a lot of options, but let's uh, just take the first step. Yeah. And for me, one of the, one of the main things I feel like for me is that, um, so I spent six years in Japan and one of those years uh, that is, is the time that I met Take, but that was 12 years ago and I had not been to Japan since then. So for me, one of the big reasons for moving on, uh, you know, buying one of these uh, affordable homes in Japan was just to spend more time in the country. You know, that's something, that's one way I wanted to set up uh, my life going uh, forward in the future is just to be able to go back to Japan at least once a year uh, was a big driving factor for me. 
Yeah, to add, Joey mentioned uh, last time Joey was there 12 years ago, the exchange rate was $1 to 75 yen, I think. I remember so, those days. <laughs> yeah, so we saw that big swing, you know, this past year. And we're like, wait a second, something, this is a good timing. So yeah, that's a, t- timing another just... reason. You and the yeah, rest ex- of the world and their dog probably. too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, what did you, so when you first approached it, I mean, you, you had a familiarity with Japan and I'm guessing mm-hmm. you must have stayed occasionally in some, you know, old traditional Japanese homes or modern homes or whatnot, but mm-hmm. what were like the things you didn't expect when you started digging into that? Yeah. And I guess the the biggest one being like Japanese real estate sites are tough to navigate as a English speaker, you know, we found ourselves converting everything, you know, I know American, I'm square feet kind of guy, but everything was meters, yen to dollars, uh, just the translation of the sites, it was all really foreign. So that was a big difference here in the US, a big user of Zillow or Redfin. So it was kind of used to that UI and, you know, just process. So that was the first from an identifying perspective, uh, but also just surprised, you know, a lot of these places are I remember we did a Zoom tour with you, Ziv, and we were asking, like, can you ask the owner why, or the seller's agent, why this place is abandoned, or like why this place is empty? And you, you kind of just said, like, oh, of course it's a, uh, you know, the elderly just moved out, and that kind of took us. That surprises us, you know, that this is not just this place is good still, and it, it was just a natural reason for someone moving. Mm. Yeah, I remember you mentioned something. It was like, oh, you know, it's kind of like this. The you don't even have to ask that story. It's 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 really the the, the demographic shifts in Japan. Like that's why there's so many houses. You don't even have to ask, kind of thing. I remember that stuck with me too. Um, one of the things I guess that kind of uh, I noticed right off the bat. This I didn't notice this until we got to Beppu, which is where we bought the house. But as soon as like we went upstairs to the second floor and we our our feet were sinking through the floorboards i was like wow the jet the i guess the 19 maybe 60s 70s japanese construction techniques just flimsy materials used and even i wish when i started... could say it's very different these days but they're still not really built to last unfortunately is, is that wow. is that do they uh ziv are do most homes now are they insulated when they're built or are they still building homes uninsulated they're still building them uninsulated. Uh, double pane windows have become a bit of a thing with new homes, but it's still an option, right? Like they would ask you, do you want the insulate? It's like the latest tech. Um, the walls are definitely not insulated. And um, yeah, I, I personally, me and most gaijins I know who live in Japan just don't get it. But for some reason, it's it's never caught up, uh, caught on here. Yeah, we were talking to our contractor who was tearing walls down and, and we were tearing walls down and we saw that like there's no insulation like can we just add this really easily? He's like, yeah, no problem. And he wouldn't have mentioned it. Or he wouldn't have done it had we not been like, can you add that insulation in there? It'd be really helpful. So you insulated the wall, did you? So we're in the process of insulating the walls. As we tore down some walls, we're like, we should, it's, it got pretty chilly uh, when we were there in November that we're like, if we're doing this, we may as well do it right. And How much does that cost? Because I, I seem to recall mm-hmm. it's not cheap, right? Yeah, so we're... In total, we bought our house for 42K uh, US dollar at the exchange rate. We're estimating and budgeting around the same price in renovation costs. So the insulation is part of it. So it is expensive, but I think it's a non-negotiable if you want to future-proof a house for comfort. Yeah. And we're only insulating the downs. We, we enlarged the downstairs portion. So we, we knocked down some walls, made the space bigger. And uh, those walls were getting, uh, the like the exterior walls, we were taking off all the 
the Sunakabe, so all the that that it was kind of crumbling and falling apart. So the walls were down anyways when we asked the contractor to put the uh, the insulation in. So maybe it wasn't too much more uh, as a right. contributing factor to the overall cost. I'm not sure. Okay, yeah. and then with the um, the purchase process itself and all the various things that you had to do after you purchased, like to connect to stuff and register stuff. How how did you find that to be compared to the U.S.? Yeah, the purchase process here in here in California, we're, it's like wild, wild west. Things go so fast and loose. Uh, I think Japan, you warned us in the very beginning, it was a, it's a longer process, and we saw that you know there's a lot more paperwork, even though. Japan is a digital forward society, quote unquote, you know, there's those wet signatures and mailing stuff back and forth took time. So that was a surprise to us, but it's, you know, we got to, it's just a different game and got to take the California real estate hat off and put the Japanese real estate mind on. Mm. Um, as far as the setting up stuff, you guys did it all for us. So it was quite easy. Um, you know, it makes it very simple. We rocked up to the house with, there were some small things where the gas maybe wasn't turned on, but we at least had running water. We had electricity. So it was great to know that, you know, you guys Internet. helped us. Yeah. Uh, really, really helpful. Now, if you've been following this podcast for a while, and in particular, our JREP sessions, you're probably more than familiar with Blanca Kobayashi of Arc Reform. They're a bilingual renovation company serving clients in the Kanagawa and Kanto area. So Tokyo, Chiba, Saitama, Kawasaki, Yokohama. They can handle simple, small-scale projects as well as full house renovations. And they will work with you on the perfect design for your dream family home. But not only homes, Arc Reform also handle commercial property renovations, offices, restaurants, bars, shops, you name it, from traditional classics to the latest trends in interior design and renovations. So you want to email them for a free consultation and quote at info at arcreform.com. That's A-R-K reform, all one word, dot com, and give your home or commercial space the love and care that it deserves. Okay. And you don't, just to clarify for listeners, you don't have residency in Japan at this time, correct? Yeah, we're both uh, on foreign. We're just kind of just using the tourist visa of six months a year, which I feel like is enough uh, to get a good taste of Japan every year. Okay. Yeah, I, I probably see myself max like four months at, at the moment at, at where I'm at in life right now. So we're not uh, yeah, pursuing a visa or anything at the moment. Yeah. So again, for listeners' sakes, um, registrations, number one, registrations mm -hmm. are a lot more challenging if you don't have residency. So in our customer's case, a lot of the stuff has to be registered uh, under our name. Like, for example, mm -hmm. the insurance policy is taken out in our company's name with the buyers as beneficiaries of any payouts, for example, and um, registering a car, which is a process that you guys have been going through oh, yeah. recently. <laughs> and that that's a bit of a challenge as well. But I think the other end of it is that... Um, in Joey's case, maybe a bit less problematic, but um, even if you are a resident and you are registered, all services will be provided in Japanese and Japanese alone. There's no English hotline or English website where you can go on and log complaints or claims or anything of that sort. So you always have yeah. to have somebody who's fluent in the language, uh, whether it's a friend or relative or acquaintance or someone like us handling it for you. Thank you for doing all the paperwork for us. That is our worst fear to get paperwork <laughs> in Japanese to have to figure out what, what we need to sign or what Hanko or yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So thank you guys at NTI for making that process really seamless. Yeah. Okay. So now for the exciting stuff. Um, when you arrived here for the first time, um, mm -hmm. you've already shared with us that it's not just that Akia that you're interested in. You've got a whole 
infrastructure planned for other people as well. So please tell us about that. Yeah. Um, the big intent and Joey jump in wherever was this was kind sure. of a proof of concept for us. Again, we've been figuring it out as we go, uh, both again, unemployed. So kind of putting our time and energy of figuring out like, how do we make this work? So once we get this house ready, we are planning to explore the Minpaku or Airbnb process just to see if there's revenue while we're not there. Um, so once we kind of figure that out, we've, uh, during the process, we, uh, Joey built this site called akiamart.com where I'll let you talk about in a sec more, Joey, but it helped us find Beppu on our spot. Um, again, we were kind of used to that Zillow Redfin UI that we kind of just built something quite similar to that. So Joey, I'll pass it off to you. Talk to us about Akiamart. Sure. That's exactly how it started. Just briefly, yeah, uh, to expand on what Taka said, how it started. Uh, we use it for ourselves. So we were using um, Cheap House of Japan. He's got a great uh, subscription newsletter map. Um, but we had dialed in at uh, after a few weeks, a month maybe, that we wanted to find a place in Beppu. And unfortunately, he didn't have any uh, listings there. So we were going through the Japanese websites, uh, translating, you know, getting a spreadsheet together of, of spots that we liked ourselves. And I figured I'm, I'm a software engineer currently laid off. I just decided to build my own map um, at, and uh, sort of what we can find on the internet, put it all together in a, in a map, sort of uh, have the map build itself and update uh, itself at a regular cadence. And uh, that was extremely useful for us to find the Beppu spot in the end. And uh, yeah, we, were, we found, identified a few different properties we were interested in uh, using our own map. And then it, it was just so much fun browsing this map, looking at other places around the country and just being amazed at, at, the, at the prices uh, just, that you just, see. Sorry, and... just to make it clear, as opposed to Cheap Houses Japan, which is a fantastic service and we cooperate with them as well, as opposed to Cheap Houses Japan, which is a hand-curated newsletter of listings that he goes and digs up himself, um, mm -hmm. you're actually automating the whole thing, right? Exactly. So we're scouting listings from existing uh, Japanese uh, realtor websites, putting them, putting them all together into this... Um, uh, user interface that's very similar to Zillow or Redfin, pre-translating descriptions, showing prices in US dollars. We're going to open up some other currencies too. Um, and just making it a, a very, I would say, like Western internet experience uh, when you're browsing for homes. And and it just has been kind of taking off recently. And uh, we're just, uh, uh, yeah, having a lot of fun uh, along the way building it. So yeah. how how... Often, or is it constantly online? How often does the system update new listings? Every 24 hours at the moment. Okay. And do these come from just the major real estate portal websites? Or do you also scour the um, Akia banks or smaller agencies? So the major ones at the moment... Um... But the whatever the major ones have publicly available is what we're pulling and uh, presenting on our website as well. There are Akia banks out there. Um, it just takes some time to uh, write some code to ingest all that information that's publicly available out there. Potentially in the future, we'd open up to Akia banks. But for, for the moment, we've, we're only looking at two different um, Japanese real estate uh, publicly available um, uh, yeah, websites out there. Because the rest estate, of them uh, are very fragmented and completely different formats, aren't they? They're all fragmented in completely different formats. And even within themselves, they're different formats. So it is a little bit uh, difficult to, or to, it's time consuming to, to write the code, to, to uh, uh, gather all that information. Um, uh, I do know that, uh, yeah, Cheap House Japan, I think he does go and pull from many more sources than we do. Um, yes, so yep. if you're, yeah. Painstakingly yeah. manual labor, but yes, he does an amazing job actually. 
Yeah. yeah. Shout out to uh, Cheap House of Japan. I think the curation is, you know, we're, we're different products at the end of the day where the curation of going through these listings and finding these gems on these smaller sites is where, you know, there's a different audience for both. Uh, while ours is kind of more volume, uh, you know, I, there's value in both. And I, I, still, I'm i still a subscriber too. So Akia Mart is not exactly limited to Akia, is it? I mean, there are some Akias on the major portals, but it's definitely going to be all properties all around the country, right? Correct. Yes. It it started out as only pretty much Akias and, and properties. I think under the when I first when me and Taki first built this and, and we're looking at it just ourselves, I think it was only houses valued under um, maybe like fifteen or $20,000 US. So yeah, most likely abandoned Akias. Oh, the shacks um, but in the woods kind of thing. Okay. Shacks in the woods. Yeah, we've expanded <laughs> since then yeah. um, to in include the full range of price uh, price range. Yeah, we're we're considering adding other kind of asset classes, maybe condos and apartments. We realize that's something. But yeah, in our version one, we've just strictly single family or equal date at this point um and as a step one and with that we are planning to add a couple more hopefully uh if you are an akimart user we're open to feedback as well so whatever people want to see we want to make sure we're building something for them um are you in a position where you can share your screen so people can have a look at what the actual product looks like yeah let's um, do it let me give you permission do to do that give me a sec okay so you want to share or you want me to share go for it Take. okay I can go. narrate. Okay, you narrate. I will uh, share the screen. <laughs> go for it. Okay, here we go. What we got here, Joey? Uh, so this is Akiya Mart. Um, we're looking at featured listings under $20,000 US at the moment. So these featured listings are compiled. Me and Taki go through um, and uh, like listings. And then uh, when they get liked, um, they get uh, placed in our featured listing. So this is the, the featured listing is essentially just properties that me and Take like or think um, uh, you know, are immediately livable for this price range is also uh, a key factor. Our personal house that we bought was not immediately livable. No, um, so that <laughs> yeah, so so that is uh, something we look at when we're adding to this list. So this is more of the price range that we bought our house in. Our house was uh, forty two thousand dollars US. Um, again, we're looking at uh, featured listings here. Let's let's find one that looks interesting, Take. Oh, this is so. This is one that uh, we we both personally looked at before and both really like. Uh, this isn't she's. Oh, we got a customer That's... who just bought there actually Diamond Land. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's a resortish kind of community. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. It looked very, and I bet most of these homes in that neighborhood have this same view of Mount Fuji. Yeah. Uh, so that's why we really like this one. Um. And I think that. This view from Mount Fuji is from the bathroom, which has onsen water. Uh, it, yeah, you see the two two different taps there. So one is the onsen water, one's the not onsen water. Um, yeah, this this seems like a very I think nice house, immediately livable. It, it according to my uh, eye, Ziv, you have a much more trained eye than I do, so maybe yeah. you have a different thoughts on it. But Mount Fuji views, Shizuoka is a great place. Um, onsen water, and I think the price is pretty right. Yeah, forty thousand cheaper than than what we purchased our house for. So. Yeah, I would so imagine. We, does does the system also pull um, monthly fees if there are uh, monthly or annual fees if if there are any of those? If there are, we're not pulling them at the moment. Um, there's a lot more information we could be compiling and putting on here. And yeah. uh, as as a uh, the single software engineer at the moment, I'll I'll get to it. But uh, at the no, moment, no. But what you've that. done is remarkable, man. I mean, for people 
we send people to web, Japanese websites and explain to them how to Google Translate and what kind of words in kanji to look out for. And you've taken all of that out of the equation completely. That's amazing work. Yeah, yeah I, th I think um, some other things that we need to add here are, are clearly like the square footage. Um, uh, what was else? Oh, if yeah, if it's occupied or not, that's a big one. Some of these houses have tenants in them sometimes, like the owner change properties. So I think there are some very important things that we need to add. One of the FAQs we typically get is, Joey, how do, how's this exchange rate? Is this a live exchange rate? Is this a static? How are we pulling this number? It, it's it's live. So once when you click on a listing, it's it's pulled live. The median rate. So by the time you transfer, it will probably be a bit less than that, right? Sorry. Yeah. So it, it would be whatever. I think it's I, I pull from a source that gets it at the hourly tick. So whatever that hourly tick is recorded as, that's what I'm pulling. So, yeah. OK, it could be about um, an hour old, potentially. Yep. And then what, so the, the system as it is, what we're looking at now is, is that free or is that already a subscriber access kind of thing? So this is, so everything we've looked at so far is completely free. So our featured listings are free um, for the uh, full price range. Um, you have all those filters that Taki just showed you right there. Um, and... Uh, okay, yeah, now he's looking at all listings. So this is when uh, we introduce a paywall. So what we have for free is all featured listings from zero yen to you know the most expensive property under featured. And then for all listings, um, we're offering uh, everything under $20,000 for free as well. So if you want to start looking at properties above $20,000, that's when we've introduced a paywall. Uh, and we're asking for $15 a month at the moment. Which um, is nothing. And yeah, we're hoping. I I believe it, it. You know, especially if you're looking to buy a house, you know, fifteen fifteen dollars compared to the the purchase price of your house. I I feel like yeah. it's a good uh, good price. And then. Yeah, we interrupt this broadcast to tell you about Tokyo Family Stays. They're a short-term rentals company in Tokyo, and they offer a home-away-from-home experience, which is just perfect for remote working, quarantining, if that's still a thing, or if you just need somewhere quiet to get away from the world. They offer a variety of options for families, corporate relocations, or even if you're simply transitioning between homes in Tokyo. The properties are super comfortable, tastefully furnished, fully equipped with all amenities, and they accommodate up to 10 people. So really the only thing you'll need to bring with you is your toothbrush and maybe a change of clothes. They come with fast unlimited wireless internet, dedicated workspaces, and fully equipped kitchens, and they're just a delight to stay in. Fantastic alternative to Japanese business hotels, which if you've ever stayed in one, you probably know they're tiny, they're noisy, fine for a night or two if you're on your own, but longer term or with a family, you'll probably feel you're in a jail cell very quickly in a Japanese business hotel. So if you want to give yourself a sense of space and freedom by renting a real home, with comfortable Western beds, including all the necessities like baby bedding, children's toys, high chairs, etc. You definitely want to reach out to Tokyo Family Stays. They've been at it for over a decade. They're a fully licensed minpaku or short-term stay operator. And as a special bonus for our viewers and listeners, they're also throwing in a breakfast basket upon arrival for anyone who books and mentions the Japan Real Estate Podcast or NTI. And not only for guests, if you're a property owner, you've got an investment property that you want to tweak for higher profit, or a holiday home that you want to rent out when you're not using it via short-term stays, drop them a line today, see how they can help you maximize your property's income. And again, as a special bonus to our viewers and listeners, they're also offering a free audit of your existing short-term stay listings without any obligation whatsoever. So feel free to reach out to them at tokyofamilystays.com. Well worth a visit. 
And again, if you're in the market for a family home in or around the Tokyo metropolitan area, Emil's your man. Don't be shy to reach out to him as well at sales at realestate.jp. And now back to the podcast. And then yeah, do people, over, what, what do people, sorry, go ahead, Take. Oh, uh, we have over half of half a million listings at this point. And again, it's constantly refresh, but with the all access pass basically gets you access to all those listings that we have. And the yeah, um, half, a, half a million for it's a lot of listings. Yeah. Yeah. And do. Okay. So once people are actually getting a bit more curious about a particular property and they click on it, do they get what, do they get the original Japanese listing so that they can try and contact the agent or how does that work? Yeah. Uh, yep. So we're, we're kind of, yeah, we're working with actually Ziv and NTI to kind of, uh, create some education. I know this space, a lot of these folks that are first coming to our site are looking at the cheapest of properties and, you know, are never been to Japan. So one of the things we've actually done is we have a free consultation. So this consultation goes directly to Joey and I, this is strictly education. You know, we want to make sure that if you have questions about buying for the first time, or you want to learn about our experience, that there's a educational resource. We unfortunately can't contact the agent for you, but that's where our boots on the ground, NTI, aka Ziv, and you guys come in. So typically the workflow would be they contact us. We kind of do, uh, you know, fill in, do the education part, just kind of make sure that they're serious. And then if we do get indication that someone is serious, we pass them off to you guys, Ziv, who brings them through the rest of the process. But supposing, I mean, we always mm-hmm. love to take people's money, don't get yeah. me wrong, but mm-hmm. supposing somebody is actually either in Japan or at least fluent in Japanese or has a Japanese mm-hmm. spouse, there is the option yep, yep. for them to contact the agent directly, right? Yes, they yeah. could click right here on Realtor's website, which will bring them to the listing. Yeah, um, yeah so if they prefer to go that that route, uh, that is definitely something they can do. Okay, that, that's that's amazing. So we've discussed a little bit about um, features and other data that's coming soon. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of spin-offs do you see on that one? Will you have one specializing on, I don't know, you've mentioned condos, Take, but maybe um, investment properties, luxury mm-hmm. properties, um, land, I don't know, what, what's what's in the works? Yeah, we're we got a Halloween themed one coming. Again, this is uh, uh, we ghost houses. There, there are actually ghost exactly, houses Ziv. and cursed houses. Joey, take it away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we we haven't done any serious more more in a brainstorming phase here right now. But um, I know someone that actually I met at the JREP uh, conference back in February who believes he can very accurately identify ghost homes based on based off of the listings um so wait, wait sorry inter- just to, to clarify for me you're not talking about jigo book in a house where somebody died you're talking about an actual haunted house uh but so in this case i i do mean both <laughs> i do i do mean like a, a house where someone did die slash haunted. oh yeah there are websites for those yeah <laughs> okay yeah yeah yeah. so we're, we're thinking about doing like a little i don't know sort of fun either part of a newsletter or feature them or something here right because when we first started this journey too we we were looking at some house in kamakura and then we i guess we found some forum online that was discussing it and everyone was like oh it's a it's a murder house it's a murder house so i don't know <laughs> it's, it's sort of sort of interesting to think about so that, that'll be the halloween edition other but, things um, as well uh we're thinking about putting in Joey and I, one of our big features we were looking for was onsen water. Uh, we unfortunately didn't get it in this most recent house, but that is something we're thinking about of making like more specific type filters. So filtering out places that have onsen water in the house or places that are close to oh, surf yeah. spots and kind of things well, like ski, that. Ski holiday homes. Yeah, or ski yeah, holiday yeah. homes, surf places, hiking spots. So trying to go 
around that. And also, it seems like we've gotten a lot of feedback on people need education on what the prefectures are and what they're they're for. So I think that's something we're going to do as well. Um, as you can see, yeah, with with the pro account, we have all listings. It's just like we have so many listings. Um, as you zoom in, there'll be more as well. But one of the filters, it definitely is like, hey, uh, what activities are correlated with these areas? And can we filter that are things on the roadmap? That'll yeah. Be and, and just just to add on on what you asked us there, Ziv, are we going, uh, are we thinking about condos? Are we thinking about land? We're open to those opportunities. Right now, we're sort of trying to figure out what our customer base is interested in. Uh, so if anybody listening um, feels very strongly about wanting, uh, you know, to search for condos or search for land or search for investment properties, um, that's the type of feedback we're looking for to help guide the direction of, of Akia Mart. Yeah. And Putting our tech hat on, you know, I think one of the things that we have uh, unique access to is clean structured data. I don't know if anyone in the Japanese real estate game is really looking at like, where are the new listings coming up at? Where are they coming down? Unfortunately, we can't do like an estimate or a estimate as we have here in the States, but we're trying to look at the data as well of like, what are some of the hotspots? How fast are listings staying on the market? Are some, some features we're trying to build a little bit more insight and be smarter about you know where to invest, especially in, in providing those insights to yeah. people that want them. I guess as Actually, AI becomes more advanced, that'll be a lot easier for you to do, right? Hopefully. A- so, <laughs> so AI could be another thing too, because again, as Taki mentioned with the data, we have access to all these translated uh, listing descriptions in Japanese too. And we could pro- probably build some sort of uh, integration with AI where we just plug that in and someone could type in, I'm looking for, a property by a river and the house, you know, is over 60 years old or something like that. And potentially mm-hmm. it could, you know, return listings. Um, Super in that targeted. Sense. Yeah. 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 Take, uh, mm-hmm. I was just going to say, uh, based on, so again, something else on the data insights, if you, I just want to see if it's still there. If you go to slash popular. So one thing I noticed with in, insights here, so this is just, um, where yeah go all listings oh, sorry let me go popular again popular. so this is so this is just a, a, a sneak peek at where people are liking properties on Akiamart. and i saw a, a really interesting um pattern the other day if you hit filters take and then turn off the under 20k hit reset all filters yeah. i saw an interesting pattern mm, i guess it's not so much here anymore but uh around the sort of Toyama area. I was seeing a lot of interest. I guess there's a lot of interest in Nagano. But here we're, we're again, you're sort of seeing that we can kind of get a little bit of data insights where people are, um, you know, interested in properties. Hopefully mm-hmm. we can tease some better insights in the future. But it, I don't see too much of a pattern right now. But yeah. we'll get this there. You know, phenomenal it, stuff. I, I can I can stare at this man for days. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. We like uh, I know the luxury market was something we initially looked at. We know that's a very very niche spot, especially in Tokyo. Uh, I know a lot of those listings don't even get to show up here, but for mm-hmm. fun, we, we you know we love to highlight stuff that are you know if you had two million dollars, what could that get you in Japan? And it's it's amazing to see some of the cool architectural buildings. So that's other stuff similar to how Airbnb highlights some no, stuff. Not we much love at to, the moment. Okay. No, it's it's uh, <laughs> let's see. Two million dollars. Okay. Ooh, there's a spot oh, no, in I- Aichi. Wow. Three million dollars gets you an indoor <laughs> pool, swimming <laughs> pool. Like, uh, this looks. Cl- I'm not sure if it's three million, but this is. What is what it's is this? Like uh, 
that kabuki little yeah. stage. Um, Anyways, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I sometimes I just like browsing too. You know what's mm. I, I I sometimes try to go very specialized. Like I'm like, okay, what is in the like thirty to forty k range? So a, a, not a crazy range. Being talking, might be able to afford a second one. Thirty to forty k range built before nineteen twenty. So like okay, old castle kind of style kind of thing, or. Uh, and and just seeing what comes up, or you know, potentially deals under twenty k, but built after the year two thousand. So I'm hoping, like, okay, modern build, but for a cheap price. Are there niche, is there anything niche searches? Yeah, yeah, niche, niche searches is cool. So this is like super this, yeah. exciting. I can't wait to see what you'll come up with next. Well, th- thank you, thank you very very much. And yeah, um, you're also going to be a sponsor of the podcast, which means that people will get a discount if they sign up with uh, Akiyamart, right? Yes, that That's is correct. correct. Okay. So we'll have all of that. I think when we publish this episode, we'll already add your ad um, as sponsor, and that'll give people the details of um, how and where they can log in and apply for that discount. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and feel free, anyone listening, to contact us directly with feedback. We're we're kind of again in that ideation phase, so open to hearing what you guys want to see in a, in this product. And uh, yeah, definitely use that use that promo code. Take a look at Akiyamart Pro. It's a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. Good stuff. Thanks for your time, guys. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Ziv. So there you have it, Akiyamart. Talk about a much-needed innovation, right? Can't wait to see what Joey and Take will come up with next and how this product or range of products will further develop. So watch this space for more. And as mentioned, don't be shy to mention the Japan Real Estate Podcast if and when you're ready to subscribe to the platform. We're certainly more than happy to be collaborating with them and their members, and we will be following them very, very closely. Now, before we go, we're also, as always, going to tell you and also link to our other sponsor's website. That's Hiroshi Shimizu, immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener. If you're thinking about moving here on a more permanent basis, or you're already in Japan on some sort of a temporary visa, and you want to switch to a longer term or permanent one, or if you're considering setting up a local company or a branch office of a foreign company, and you've got any sort of business or visa-related inquiries, or even if you just want to find out what your options are on any of these topics, feel free to contact Hiroshi Shimizu. You can find him at japanimmigrationexperts.com and he can help you set up a company, apply for any kind of visa, or just provide you with the best advice and extremely affordable consultation related to these topics. And he's already done that for many of our listeners. So feel free to reach out to him. Again, that's japanimmigrationexperts.com and you'll be well on your way. And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating or review on the iTunes store, on Spotify, or just drop us a line in the comment section of wherever you might have found this episode. We love hearing from you. Hope to have you with us again next time. And until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yoroshiku! Yoroshiku!